0: It's like I say, I mean, I, they're, they're, it's, it's a unique situation, and there's really no way to say, in my mind, rerun everyone. There, there's no way to say, like, this is definitely the right and fair thing to do, or this is the definitely right and fair thing to do. That's what he felt like was right, and we, we kind of have to stick with it and, and respect his... I not so like he made a mistake originally, but that's what he felt like was right, so stick with it, and we're, we're stuck with his decision.
1: This is Chelsea Schaefer and this is season four of The Score. You all have listened to this podcast three quarters of a million times and we are here in season four to bring you even more of what you love. Hey everyone, this is Chelsea Schaefer and this is The Score. I have been gone for about a month not gone on like any tropical vacation, but I have been gone shooting videos for roping.com. I hope you have been watching them. I hope you've subscribed because holy cow, I have dumped uh hours and hours and hours of my time and my life into those videos, and I'm so excited about the kind of stuff that we've got. Matt Sherwood is one of our coaches at roping.com, and he happens to be just the guy I needed to talk to this week. If you've been on social media, there has been a lot of discussion about what is going on in the judging of professional team roping uh, in the PRCA. There was a there was some disagreement over what happened in Colorado Springs at Pikes Peak or Bust with with some barriers and some reruns. There has been a lot of crossfire discussion, and so I I love Matt Sherwood because as the team roping event rep um, for the PRCA and for the team ropers. Uh, he has this really unique role uh, of walking a line uh, between between doing what's best for the ropers, doing what's best for the association, and in this episode, I asked him to kind of break that down. So Matt and I chatted on the phone, um, You can you know, so if some of the audio quality isn't perfect, it's because we're not in person, because we're on two different parts of the country right now. But. I hope you learned something from this episode because I know I sure did, and like I tell Matt, uh you all have loved things he's done with us in the past, I think because he's so honest and so frank um and and that's a really valuable, valuable way to look at this kind of podcast so we can have the kind of discussions that will move the sport of team roping of rodeo, the western way of life forward so Thank you all for uh, sticking with us. Caitlin has done an amazing job holding down the fort at the score while I have been bebopping from Texas to Nevada to southern colorado to wyoming um, and and everywhere in between uh, getting to do all kinds of things uh, that are usually out of my comfort zone so Caitlin has gone out of her comfort zone and been kicking butt on the score and she will continue uh, to fill in for me um, anytime that that I need a hand and I hope you all show her some love, leave her a review in your uh, Apple Podcast, because I'm so grateful for her, and I'm so grateful that y'all are listening to this podcast still, and we are nearly, I think we're four years into this, we are probably over a million listens so far, we're giving you all kinds of great stuff, thanks to guys like Matt Sherwood, who are giving us mental performance tips that you can listen to on Saturday mornings on the way to the jackpot, okay, okay now i have i've missed you all so much that apparently my introduction is running three minutes which is about two minutes longer than it usually does so without further ado here is my conversation with matt sherwood on the ins and outs of being the team roping director and the challenges that the prca and professional team ropers are facing this year and every year today's episode is brought to you by cactus ropes cactus ropes is a leader in the team roping and rodeo world Whether team roping, tie-down roping, breakaway roping, or on the ranch, Cactus has the perfect rope to fit your personal style and level of roping. Learn more about Cactus Ropes at the commercial break. Hey. Hey, Matt. What are you doing?
0: I just got everything wrapped up and not doing anything, really.
1: Where were you flagging a roping?
0: No, I stay at a buddy of mine's place in Ogden, and they on Tuesday nights they have a little 6-and-under uh, pick-and-draw. They usually get about 120 or 30 teams.
1: Oh, wow. Did uh, anybody fight the flagger?
0: No one, no one got mad.
1: <laughs> That's good. I
0: was really happy about that.
1: <laughs> do you find when you flag ropings that like your credentials matter, or do people treat you like any other flagger that they would like to fight? I think credentials
0: matter a little bit, like, probably shouldn't, but people are going to have a harder time saying, hey, man, he wasn't faced all the way, or it was flagged on the heels, but it was pretty
1: <laughs> Well, um, that's a funny way to start the conversation I wanted to have, and you can tell me, no, we're not having this conversation, but I don't want to be particularly controversial. I just would love to talk to you about kind of... What's go? Some of the things that are happening in the PRCA right now, some of the challenges you're facing in your role, that sort of thing, as well. I know, and it's funny. I was looking through our podcast statistics the other day, and your episode that we did—I don't know if you remember—we sat down at Denver and did it—is our top listened-to episode, and I really feel it's the top to listen to. It is, and. I don't want to say I was surprised by that, but like they're <laughs> I I I like love our conversations and I love your honesty and I deeply respect you as a person. There are team ropers who I from a marketing standpoint assume have bigger like will make a bigger splash, say with with their group of fans, but I think people loved the way we talked about rodeo and the challenges that rodeo is facing and how you want to address them um when we had that conversation so wow i know
0: i'm so glad you told me that because it seemed like it was really boring and no one wants to a it. no so.
1: i know well we we really got into the weeds i think on on stuff and stuff's a bad word we got into the weeds on the the challenges that circuit cowboys are facing, the challenges that fans of rodeo are facing. We got into the challenges of professional team roping. Like, yeah. um, and so, yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I promise I did not do anything different to market that episode. It is the top by like 2000 listens, not just by a little bit, by like a lot of it. So. It
0: was so amazing.
1: I know. Um, so maybe that also gives me hope that that people care about some of the uh, the things that are affecting cowboys and are affecting our sport. So, um, and and I, you know, I, I would love to take a, a pretty objective look at things, and, and, a, and a and a I, I just want to understand more than anything, and I think that's what a lot of people would like to do is is understanding some of the challenges that that the current climate in rodeo is creating.
0: Good. You good? (laughs) I'm great.
1: Awesome. Okay. so Hmm?
0: It seems you got in mind for us tonight.
1: Okay. Um well the the first question is like just we'll start off with an easy one. What is your role as the event rep? What what is your job description?
0: Uh, well, they didn't really give you a job description. They just say uh, team roping, uh, event rep. I feel like I work for the team ropers. Okay, so when things come up, you know, when when guys get a questionable call, I feel like it's my job to represent the team roper. And I know, I know, I kind of work for the PRCA a little bit. So it's really a delicate, a delicate thing, you know, because when there's when there's a, a gray area or there's something going on, um, I feel like my job is to to represent the team roper, okay? So so if the call could go either way, I feel like I'm always going against the PRC because I, I feel like I work for the team roper. Okay, so just for example, you know, for example, a guy called me two or three days ago, and he said, hey, we made a clean run. That guy flagged this. We got to the top of the arena. That line judge asked me if it was a clean call. We said, yes, it was. And then, and then we found out later that the line judge had overturned it and gave it, given us a no time. So I, I have to call uh, rodeo administration and say, hey, I don't know how these judges are doing this, but we have to give these guys the time back. The line judge, after for, after the rodeo is over, can't change the call of the flagger. And so I just spend a lot of time on that type of uh, representing the cowboy to the PRCA, trying to help them get a fair uh, fair shake, a fair call, you know, what's – Rodeo paid one thousand dollars. Probably not going to change your life, but they still deserve the one thousand dollars because it was it was a it was a judgment mistake on the judge's part, you know. And, and I know that that I work for BRCA, the judges work for BRCA. So in one regard, we're on the same same side. But I take the cowboys, and there's times when I say, "Hey, I, you're wrong," you know. I thought it was a crossfire, so I can't do anything for you. But every time I feel like the cowboys bite, the cowboys are right. I got to go to the PRCA and say, "Hey, we need to fix this. We have to take care of this. We need to help these guys." Gotcha. So, so my job description is making sure every team rover gets a fair opportunity to compete. Whether it's set the barrier for what for what I feel like is best for the situation, or uh, cut steers out that I feel like are terrible in in a certain area, and, and try to help replace them with better steers, or whatever we can do to make a fair chance for the team robbers,
1: and and what percentage of the time maybe that's the best way to ask this do you feel as if you are heard by the people at the prca which that you go to 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 have a conversation
0: that's a that's a great question because uh the the administration we have right now uh tom blouse uh i feel like does a really good job of listening evaluating the situation uh, but but I would say less than less than half less than half the time when I make a phone call and I say this is how I see it this is what I think is right and fair and they evaluate it and say we disagree with you this is what we this is what we're doing mm-hmm. for example can I, I, mean, I don't know how much time we have for example the other night at Colorado Springs, it's raining, it's wet, the barrier doesn't work properly. Guys continue to break the barrier, break the barrier, break the barrier, break the barrier. Well, it gets down to two guys left, and there's not a clean run. So the ninth-place guy, the ninth guy out goes 10-4. He's winning the rodeo. They advance two guys. So the, the tenth-place guy, out, he has to beat a 10-4 to, to go to the lead. They go 7-6. So the the ninth and tenth-place guys that only two clean runs. Well, then the judges decide the barrier isn't working. They take the 10 off several teams that had a barrier. And so the guys who thought they only had to catch, now they take the 10 off after they broke. And so it, it's a big, you know, a big to do. That's not the fair thing to do. So so I'm like, hey, there's no way that's fair. If the barrier wasn't working, just rerun all 10 guys. Just rerun it after after the performance, rerun all 10 guys. Because if, if you break the barrier and someone says broke it, you, you, you know, the, the healer sometimes doesn't even dally. There's no way to know. What would have happened? So if the barrier wasn't working night, rerun everyone. So they evaluate it and, and they do something totally different. You know, when, when there, there's some things, I mean, the rule book is very explicit. There's a lot of things that aren't covered in there, scenarios like that. So judges makes hopefully what he thinks is fair and right and, and goes, goes on with it. And I think a lot of times what happens is the judges maybe make a mistake and then, and then they don't really want to say, Hey, I made a mistake, so we're going to, you know, I should have I should have realized the barrier wasn't working the whole time. We're going to rerun the whole thing. He says, oh, the barrier only didn't work for two guys. We're going to take the 10 off and let these two guys have a rerun. So uh, a lot of times I try to evaluate and do what I think is best, and, and they evaluate and do what they think is best anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. I get it. I, the, so <laughs> I was halfway scared to ask you about Colorado Springs and bring that up, but... I'm glad you did it instead of me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I don't want to talk about whatever.
1: Yeah, you weren't there. Right? Were you there? Were you in Colorado? No, Ridge? I
0: wasn't. I actually was at Westcliff West, West, an hour and a half away, and I got. I went over there. I was headed there anyway, and I got there right after they had given all the reruns. So I, had, I, I didn't couldn't really do anything except except talk to you guys on the phone and try to work it out.
1: Yeah. So what was your process? So, so take me to the night to that night. Okay. So, so okay, everybody- So,
0: so what happened is as soon as it happened, Cody Snow called me and explained, he was the 10th guy out. He was the last guy out. All he has to do is like tenth 4 is winning it. I don't know what was in second. So if he goes faster 10-4, he goes to the lead and gets to advance, you know, and it's so different at a rodeo that first round, there's eight places. Uh, you make the best run you can. There's a second round later. Well, this rodeo is so different. They run ten guys. The top two guys advance. You know, after that, it doesn't matter. So it was a big deal being last out, knowing what he had to be. They were seven six. I mean, Cody Snow and Wesley North. They might miss, but they're not going to go seven six if if they need to be five two to advance. You know, they just had his catch. They went caught. So there's no way you can just take the barrier off a situation like that and say, "Oh, you guys didn't advance." The time has changed after you went. Okay, so they call me and explain the situation to me. So immediately, the judges are still judging the rodeo. You know, ideally, I would call the judges, but they're still judging the rodeo. So there's no way to be like, "Hey, hold up, the team rodeo director wants." You know, so I, I either call Chris Horton or Tom Blouse. Those are the two guys that are over the judges. And you know, Chris is kind of over the judges. Tom is over everything. So. I send them both a text, and I say, if either one of you are available, please call me as soon as possible. Tom texts me back and says, I'm at the, I'm at the uh, Hall of Fame induction banquet. I can't call, but I can text. What's up? So I send him a real brief message of, you know, this is what's going on at Colorado Springs. It's not right. We can't allow it. You need to call someone over there and make sure they rerun these guys. So an hour later, he probably calls me and says, hey, I just got out of it. And once you said, that's not right so so he uh, the, the thing it got over he heads to colorado springs the judges by then about the rodeos over i told all the team ropers hey please try to get everyone there and get everyone to stick around because i think they're going to rerun the team rope. so by the time tom talks to the judges the judges had decided we're going to take the 10 off the guys that had a clean run we're not going to take the 10 off the guys that had a uh, had a uh, one foot or any other penalties and we're going to rerun the last three guys. One guy, the, the, the one guy who had kind of stood up and said, this is not right, and we're not going on with this rodeo until you fix it. You know, he was a poor guy, tried to try to stand up, and, and it was on his behalf, but on everyone's behalf. He got kicked out of the rodeo, disqualified from the competition, and so he didn't get a rerun when he, when he should have, uh, and the other three guys, the judge decided, the last three guys that, that went after the two clean runs, uh, they, they took the barrier off of those guys. Gotcha. But it's like I say, I mean, I, they're, they're, it's, it's a unique situation, and there's really no way to say, in my mind, rerun everyone. There, there's no way to say, like, this is definitely the right and fair thing to do, or this is the definitely right and fair thing to do. That's what he felt like was right. We, we kind of have to stick with it respect his I feel so like he made a mistake originally but that's what he felt like was right so stick with it and we're, we're stuck with his
1: decision now can you explain how the judges are trained in the prca how like what the process is for and, and it might be too long for us to explain here i'm not sure i don't know the answer
0: No, no I, I well i i can i mean i can sum it up and i in in fairness I don't know exactly. I've sat down with Chris Horton, and we've watched videos and we've talked about, you know, this is illegal heel shot, this is it illegal heel shot. But but the, the problem is, you know, in my, my my mind the problem is those guys do a they they I I really feel like they try to do a good job. They try to watch videos. They try to learn. Like they, they, go to training seminars. They, they have to go. You know, there's original training seminar to get your judges license. But most of those guys continue to watch videos and try, try to learn and do things. But it's not the same. You can, you can watch team roping videos uh, 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 all you want, and I think it helps you. But it's not the same as growing up team roping or grow. You know, uh, I think the team roping and they'll tell you is the hardest event to flag. The teamer opens the hardest event of flag. You have to watch for the crossfire. Make sure the steer is legal. The header has to be dialed. says the healer. You know, so many things happen in four seconds, right there. And you have to, you have to watch it all. And and if you've never done it, man, there's so much stuff happening in a short short period of time. So those guys do go through training seminars. They do try to do their very best. But there's so many things happening in a short period of time. If you've never done it, I mean, it's it's hard for the best guys when you get when you get to. Uh, a rodeo that, that there's three and four second runs. I, I feel like like we've watched we've we meaning me and the judges, but also a lot of other professional team ropers, NFR qualifiers, have sat in rooms and watched videos and disagreed on what was a crossfire and what wasn't. And so that's guys that have team roped their whole entire life, seen millions of runs, been involved with millions of runs. And so now you take guys that have watched videos and tried to learn, but maybe have roped a little bit, maybe haven't really roped at all. So so it's, it's almost an impossible task that we're asking these guys to do, because the best guys in the world, sitting down, watching a video, slow motion, disagree sometimes on what is a legal shot, what isn't a legal shot. So... We, we've had so many discussions on how do we fix the crossfire problem, but, but I don't think it's fixable. I, I don't think, I mean, I think that, that there's no way to make sure that call gets made correctly every time. I think we can continue to educate the guys, hopefully get guys with more experience in the team open world the team open, and that will help. But I was at Nampa today, There was, there was and, and I, and I sh- shouldn't say the rodeo, I guess, because the guy was trying to do his very best. Old slower steers that kind of round, and so it's hard to know right where the, you know. And there was there was guys that I felt like got slacked out that shouldn't have, and guys that didn't get slacked out that should have, you know. It's just it happens so fast, and older steers are hard to sort of the barrier the in, inside buildings like. There's so many things that happen that cause those difficult situations.
1: And and while you said you know there might not be a solution for the crossfire rule, do you think? There are are some big picture things that team ropers can do to better to better the situations for themselves within the PRCA. Well, um,
0: I I don't know what, what exactly you're asking as far as what I mean. What do you mean? What can team ropers
1: do? Um, is there is there a way for them to get more involved? To be more proactive? Um, you know, are you getting the kind of the kind of feedback that you need from ropers? Are you hearing? Um, yeah, okay. are, are they making well, good, good decisions and how they talk to people? like, yeah, what, what can we do better? or what can team ropers do better to, to help themselves?
0: One of the things that I try to do is every time we have a call that, that is uh, sometimes right and it's a tough call, a lot of times wrong. I, I, I get as many videos as I can from guys where they feel like and, and send it into the office. Have your judges watch this right here. In slow motion, we feel like this was the, the incorrect call, and, and here is why, you know, and try to explain to them why I felt like that steer was either legal or illegal. And and hopefully, the more videos we see, the more things, we, you know, that, that we see helps. But there are some things, and I, I don't know how to get this done, but uh, if, if we could get, and I don't know how the steer wrestlers feel about it, but the longer the boxes. The, the easier it is for team for the judges, because the shorter the box, the slower the steers, the more, uh, the more likely we're going to get into that situation. But when we have really long boxes, even even like uh, Ogden, Ogden was an 18-and-a-half-foot box barrier, a foot and a half over, so it's a 20-foot barrier. I mean, it's really, hard. it's really hard when you're going that fast that far down the arena. It's easier for the judges, more time, and we can set it up a more fair-type uh, competition. When you get into an indoor building, short box, steers don't run as hard. It just makes it really, really hard for the for the judges. So with those two things, one, I'm trying to send as many videos as, as we can. People have a, have a problem with a similar video. I forward it on to Chris so he can send it to the judges. Two, if, if as a rodeo committee, if we can get committees to get longer boxes in there for the team ropers, that's, a, that's a, 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 one of the things that would really help us a lot.
1: Very good. We're gonna pause for a minute to talk about Cactus Ropes. They're sponsoring this episode today and they're sponsors of Matt Sherwood who has two world titles to his name. Cactus Ropes is a leader in the team roping and rodeo world. Whether team roping, tie-down roping, breakaway roping, or on the ranch, Cactus has the perfect rope to fit your personal style or level of roping. Cactus has a reputation for making the best feeling team ropes in the industry for the last three decades. With the introduction of the new Cactus Cortex, ropers will not only get the same great feel of cactus ropes, but also find the perfect head ropes and heel ropes with added durability and consistency. This time of year, the weather can truly play tricks on your swing and your delivery if you don't have the right rope in your bag. Lucky for you, Barry Berg and his skilled team of rope makers have put years into understanding how ropes perform in the elements like no one else. Their line of ropes, which includes Trevor Brazil's Relentless Rope, The Future, are tied specifically for the time of year and the region they're heading to, and that is customer service you cannot beat. Visit Cactus Ropes for more or call 1-800-SPIN-WIN. That's 1-800-SPIN-WIN to place a rope order. Man, I think we... I love having these kind of conversations with you because you're (laughs) you're so direct. It's so talking
0: about how to get things better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's I think that's the uh we can complain all we want about things, but I I really like understanding the problems and, and finding real answers to it. Um, you know, what what have you learned about change in the PRCA over the time that you've been a member? and the time that you've been more involved as a vet rep. What, what have you learned about making progress and getting things done?
0: Well, exactly what you just said, the more the more involved you are, you can make a difference. Whether whether you're the team room director or you're just someone, whether you're working with committees, helping, we had, we had a great, like for us, back-to-back rodeos are so much better because it eliminates so much travel and it eliminates turnouts. So uh, several of us sat down and we talked to the president of uh, Ogden Rodeo Committee yesterday and said he, he asked us, what can I do to make my rodeo better? And so we're like, you know, you add a lot of money, you have a great rodeo, but uh, right here, all your top guys are running both steers and slack. I shouldn't say all of them, but a majority of top guys, if you run both steers in slack, it frees up another day to go somewhere else. And so we're like, all your top guys are open right here in your slack so if you go back to back it helps us because we don't have to make two trips to ogden we spend one day here but the, the, all your top guys going on your performance and so it's it's like a lot of guys went to napa today come back and go to spanish Fork. now they have to drive back to napa to rope the second go around maybe back to ogden to rope their second go around here you know there's so much money spent in travel and time that if, that if we could eliminate that it's going to help the rodeo committees because they don't—they don't get any turnouts, and they get the top guys in the performance. They can sell tickets. It, it's going to save—you know—we could save seven or eight, or maybe ten thousand dollars in fuel costs. Not to mention hundreds and hundreds of hours in excess driving that we don't have to be done. So there's a lot that we can do as just normal normal contestants sitting down and talking with the committees, thanking them for adding equal money, thanking them for bringing one for everybody, or telling them, "Look, this is why these kind of things are important to us." So, so like I think there's so much uh, room to still improve rodeo. There's so much room for guys to get more involved. You know, every every year there's more rules passed. People think of things. Um, the, I mean, I know it was a long time ago, but for the history of rodeo, the the go rounds and the average paid the same amount. Jim Cooper told me one time, uh, Jim Ross Cooper. He's like, hey, sure what? I think the average should pay more than the go rounds. I think the average. And so I was like, you know, and I and I always thought that, but I never thought so. We proposed a rule. Average should pay time and a half. Road pay $2,000. The average should pay $3,000. So two years later, the cap, and steer have changed their rules, you know? It just made it so much better for a guy to catch two than a guy to catch one and wins the same. There's so many little things that guys just think about, like, hey, what do you think about this? Let's make this change. Let's make rodeo better. So I, I don't think, I mean, I know rodeo's been around forever, but I still think there's so many opportunities to make things better for all of us.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was filming with... Like I I told you earlier, I was filming with Jake and Clay today, and when we sat down for lunch, we were talking about how they got involved uh, when they were fighting for equal money at the finals, and and uh, it seemed he, they were rattling off the guys that were involved, Matt Tyler, Al Bach. It was so cool to hear about a time when you know nearly all of the top 15 on both ends were were united and and really working towards something. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was even
0: before. Like I, I've I've got my card. I think in 93, 93 or ninety four, and and circuit rodeoed a little bit for a long time. That was way before my time, as far as being being fairly involved and going to a lot of rodeos. But I remember, I remember when that happened. I mean, I remember guys fighting fighting for that. And committees have been so awesome. I mean, there's so many committees uh, that are so uh, good and willing you know, see the, the, the cost that we have and uh, have stepped up and, and have done it. One thing that we've done this year a lot of a lot of rodeo committees don't add equal money or they don't even add equal money in the timed events. They might add uh, ten thousand dollars in the ride events, five thousand dollars in the stereo and cap rope and twenty five hundred to sign the team rope and so a lot of those rodeos have went back to being two head and we've made we've made the committees go back and make those rodeos two head until until they even even the money up. And there's been a lot of rodeos that have stepped up and did it that didn't even really know, you know, they just add add this much for, for the last how many ever years and that's just what they do. And so when we explain to them, like, you know, we're, we're, we're got more more expense and roping or competing for for less money. And so a lot of committees have been really good about equaling their money out.
1: Very cool. Absolutely. Now, Matt, what's the rest of your summer look like? What do you...
0: What are you doing? Oh, I'm hope, I'm, I really hope that I'm just not heading back to Arizona to get to irrigating. So we got to get to winning, or that's what it's going to be. But um, this week, we went to Ogden and Spanish already, or so Ogden and Nampa. We're sitting ninth. Freaking Nampa's tough as crap. We're six flat and 4 2 at Nampa. So hopefully we make the short round over there. And then Cheyenne, uh, Deadwood. And then, you know. Mm hmm. Lovington, Dodge City, Hermiston, all the tour rodeos. Trying to... Trying to work my way to the top 15.
1: Yeah, and... I mean, you're on the heel side this year. Do you want to stay on the heel side? I know there's a head horse of yours, I think, standing in my front pasture. <laughs> maybe. I think I think you own it. It's feeding my uh, horse. We do make sure he
0: gets fed. The, I think he's just eating weeds out there, and Aaron doesn't care about it. So Aaron does say
1: that he thinks he's fine on the weeds, and I said, Aaron, I don't think he's fine on the weeds but well, uh, feed him, please yeah don't worry i will um i'm gonna start riding him um, when i get back
0: you know what <laughs> I, I i really enjoy healing and i didn't think i didn't think i would miss heading i was like you know what i've headed for 15 years every uh i i i miss there's parts of heading i really miss i think one of the arts of heading is scoring if you can get out of the barrier really good i i really there's a few things i really miss about heading i've enjoyed healing I rode with Junior D's. We get along great. He's he's young kid, a little round up. It's fun to be around. We haven't, you know, we haven't done. In your mind, you start you're know, like, this guy heads good. He's going to turn every steer, and I heal pretty good. I can catch most of them. Just in your mind, you're just going to win half the time, and so when that doesn't happen, it's really frustrating. But other than that, I've really enjoyed the break from heading. There's some things I've missed, and so I don't know. I've said this before and I really think I really think heading is a little bit of a young man's a young man's game, you know. the rodeos are so fast, you have to be fearless, you have to be able to reach and you know, just reach and duck and get get things so fast and so I think that's a little bit of a younger guy's situation. If a guy a guy can ride a good position, catch two feet and have a good partner, I think you can you can maybe rodeo really competitively older as a healer if you know if you're if you're you're, heal good enough so that was that was one of the reasons i went to healing i've always always loved healing i i healed pretty competitively before and i and i always in my mind i thought one day i want to try making nfr healing and so i kind of felt like i was going to take a year off and work on my healing, but. I did that. It's American, and I was like, Man, "You're not getting any younger. Why? Are you, why are you going to wait? You have a good heel horse. You have a chance to run with a good partner. What? What is waiting going to do?" So, I don't know what the future will hold, but I wanted to do this one time before I, before I slowed down. I don't want to use the word retire because I don't don't really think anyone really ever retires. But before I slowed down from full time competition, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give that one shot. <laughs>
1: Very right, good. Well, I am excited. It's been it's been fun to watch you. I mean, obviously, you and Begay were so much fun to watch at the American. That was one of my favorite stories of the year. Uh, just how that all came together. So, hopefully, it- Oh I
0: thought we we're gonna win it. I was <laughs> like, uh, we did good at the semifinal. We did good in the long round. We did good in the short round. I was just like, so like we're gonna. Just gonna write a storybook right here. It could happen. Could happen. And then, I mean, it got pretty close.
1: I had a cover photo already picked out, so maybe I'll go ahead and take the blame because I already had the cover photo picked out from the from the earlier round on Saturday. There was just a super-ranked shot. I had both you and Begay in it. I I had already sent it to my art director because we were kind of in a time crunch, and I thought it would really make sense to get a jump start on it because I was sure that you guys were going to win a million dollars.
0: I was, too. The way the whole weekend went, I was just like... I guess not. <laughs> well, okay, one more thing. Tell me let me let me can I yeah, tell you one yes. more thing I've been thinking about. Yeah. And I don't know if it could ever work, but this is what I want to do. So For the, for the last couple years of being the director, I never got any pressure about changing the rodeo count. Team Ropen, Team Ropen rodeo count is lower than any other event by far, Mm -hmm. 65 rodeo. Which I think, I think would help, help rodeo so much if every event would lower 65, 70, whatever the right number is. Because the top guys just go, you know, the top guys in other events go to 100 rodeos. You know, there's, there's no way, there's no way for what I want to say, the intermediate guys to ever get a chance because the top the top sixty or seventy guys are so amazing, and they're going to hundred rodeos. There's very, very few places where an intermediate guy, a young guy, an old guy can go without having to butt heads against the you know the best guys in the world. But if you cut the rodeo count down, then it, you know the top guys they're they're willing to only go to how many ever rodeos they have to go to and make the NFR. But they're trying to make the NFR, so they're going to get to their hundred rodeos. Okay, so anyway, I, I think that would be really beneficial of all the other events. We unify and said the most rodeos you can go to is 70 rodeos. Mm-hmm. Any event, 70 rodeos. One, the rodeo committees want the top guys there. So it, it gives them more incentive to continue to increase their added money mm-hmm. because the guy, the top guy is going to go where the money is good. Okay, so it's going to help rodeo kids. But one thing I want to do, and I don't know how to do it exactly, is I want to figure out a dollar amount. I want to figure out a dollar amount. Take the top 50 rodeos and add up how much added money there is at the top 50 rodeos let's just say on average they average fifty thousand dollars Oh no, twenty thousand dollars i think that's probably high fifteen thousand dollars okay so that's seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars so i instead of going to a rodeo count i want to go to a dollar a dollar amount mm-hmm. you can rope for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars of added money and then if you want to only go to the best 50 rodeos you 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 get to compete for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars of added money. If you feel like, hey, I don't want to rope against the best guys in the world with best rodeos. I'm twenty two years old. I want to go to one hundred twenty rodeos, but I'm going to do it at all these little rodeos that have four and five thousand dollars. Then it's a way that you kind of meet everyone's because it's hard not to go. Yeah. It's hard not to go to Sykeston a lot. They add a lot of money. They're two head. It's a chance. You know, it's a chance for quite a bit of money had only two rodeos. But it's a long freaking ways from nowhere. It's hot, you know, so if, if, if I was roving for a, a certain amount of added money, I could say heck with that, I could stay in Utah and go to Afton, Wyoming, Castle Rock, Colorado, Colville, Utah, Logan, Utah, Missoula, Montana, and but the way it is, I can't sacrifice seven rodeos mm-hmm. for for thirty thousand dollars of added money. You know, so so it would it would make it it would make it where if I want to go to a bunch of little rodeos and try to win seventy thousand dollars, I could do it. If I was fifty years old and I didn't want to be gone that long and I felt like I roped good enough, I could only go to fifty rodeos and and have a chance to win, you know, dollar amounts to take seventy thousand about to make the NFR. So it would kind of give everyone what they wanted, if you will. Mhm. But I but I don't I mean it's easy to say just seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars and try it and i, and I want to do it but i don't know i don't know how to get that push to the prca and say okay we're gonna have a test run for one year and see if see if this see if this allows some guys to go to all these little rodeos other guys to only go to the big rodeos and everyone gets what they want
1: well i think you just <laughs> did the first step because we are pushing it out to the universe <laughs> in this podcast and now we will bring it to the committee of all the team roping fans of the world and the pr- open ropers who happen to listen to my podcast, <laughs> and, and maybe we can start a discussion and get it thought, because it's it's certainly an interesting angle that I've not heard anybody bring up before about, about how to do it.
0: Well, I'm open for feedback, because I, I'm certainly not saying that that's, maybe there's things I'm not thinking of. No, mm-hmm. I would love to have people say, hey, what about, here's a hole in your theory, or here's another way to go, or it's the greatest idea ever, or, or whatever, because I really do feel like you know, one of the problems with when rodeo is the best guys and, and I guess one of the great things about rodeos all the best guys go to the biggest rodeos and so it just makes the rodeos dirty tough and, and 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 it's terrible for the committees because there's there's two times in every performance, three six, three nine tonight at Nampa and eight no times. Mm-hmm. You know, which I think the committees would rather see five guys go four seven instead of two catches and, and eight no times. So I think it would be a, a way for guys to split up a little bit hopefully get more more catches more more wins and, and spread out a little bit because we wouldn't all just have to be going to the best rodeo trying to go as fast as you possibly could every
1: time absolutely i think it, it makes sense to me for my because i'm a professional rodeo cowboy these days but no i'm just kidding but i yes you are Uh <laughs> it seems like that's all i think about anymore but it does make sense on the surface but i am such a uh I I love to understand things, especially when it comes to team roping by committee. I like I like to gather information and opinions, so I I will be excited to hear what other people think about it. And hopefully, when we post this podcast, we'll get some comments on on what people think.
0: Okay, let me know because I I truly would love to hear feedback on on that one thing.
1: Awesome, and then uh, I will see you next week. So if anybody's listening to this podcast and want has any requests for videos that we should do. Hopefully they will um, go to the Power of Team Ropers Facebook page and uh, Facebook group and let us know what they want to hear. And hopefully that you can comment on this post too. So we're gonna. I have... hope
0: they do because that's like that's the hardest thing. You know, we've been doing this for for several years now,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: Jake, Jake, and Clay and I have this conversation. Is like, man, it feels like feels like we've talked about yeah. everything in two different directions. So if there's things out there that people would love mm-hmm. uh, guidance with, direction, tips. That's that's the hardest part. We loved it. We would love to give it, but we don't know what we haven't talked about. So if there's anyone <laughs> out there that has certain things they want to learn about, please tell us.
1: Well, and I just had a run-through while we're talking about this. I am in um, Gardnerville, Nevada, right as we speak in the hotel room. I had just a day with Jake and Clay. I'm going to have another day with them tomorrow. Um, and we did find some things that, that we've never talked about that we got some really good conversations out of. So... I think, and we asked people on Instagram and on TikTok to tell us stuff they wanted to hear, and we learned a lot. So it was it was a good day. Um, I hope awesome. they I hope everybody chimes in for what they want to hear from you next week. So we will keep on keeping on in the meantime.
0: We'll do it, yes, sir. All right.
1: Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it.
0: Have a great night. You I'll too. my horse.
1: <laughs> okay. Bye. bye. Thank you all for listening to this episode of The Score. I am so glad to be back. I've missed you all so much. Please leave us a review on your Apple podcast or however you're listening. We love the feedback. We love to hear from you. And uh, we're so, so grateful for you. Thank you so much to Cactus Ropes for bringing us yet another episode of The Score. They are our longtime supporters. They have been with us since the beginning of this podcast. And we thank them for everything that they do. Katie, Barry... Uh, You all are such a great asset to our team, and we appreciate you, and we appreciate your support. So, Ropers, remember to support sponsors of all kinds of podcast episodes that support this industry. They're the ones who are bringing you this great content. Thank you so much, Cactus Ropes. Visit cactusropes.com or call 1-800-SPIN-WIN.